Joining me on the Building the Damn podcast is Travis Johannes. How are you, Travis? Oh, I'm doing all right. Well, I'm, I'm sitting here recovering from getting sick while also watching the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey game. So if I get distracted or, you know, randomly blurt out swear words, it's probably because of that. <laughs> I'm uh, also keeping an eye on BYU versus Utah college basketball. So same boat, same boat. Um, But we've had, it's been a while since we've done this podcast. I just moved to the Portland area, so it's been pretty hectic. And I've gotten just kind of lazy, if we're being honest. Uh, (laughs) Well, welcome welcome back to the Beaver State. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, so I don't even remember. I think we did one right before the Arizona State game, but I could be wrong. It might be even further than uh, that. I think it's been longer. It's been longer than that. I think we're going to do one before the Arizona State game, and then then it fell off. Yeah, we we fell off. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, but let's talk about it. Well, Oregon State missed the Arizona four... State game. All right, no. <laughs> I I barely remember that. I remember we won, and I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the season as a whole, Oregon State missed bowl eligibility by the skin of their teeth in a bad way. Um, what well, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, obviously it would have been great to get bowl eligible, um, even if it's some crap bowl. You know, it's always a, it's a fun thing. You know, you get a couple more weeks of practice, a couple more weeks of development. Players get some sweet bowl swag. Um, but – Missing the bowl game is not, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's a terribly huge thing. I think all in all, the season was very, very encouraging um, as far as the direction of the program and what Jonathan Smith and his staff have done so far. To even, I mean, shoot, if you, before the season, I, I, I thought three wins, and then when we lost to Hawaii, I went, oh, Oh, maybe not. Maybe maybe we get two. Maybe we only get one. So to get it up to five with what four of those being conference wins? Am I right on that? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, because the only non-conference win was the Cal Poly win. So I mean, right. that's huge. That's a that's a huge step in the, the right direction. And a lot of those um, are coming on the road, which is kind of interesting, considering. I forget exactly how long it was, but until the Colorado game last year, Steve's hadn't won a road game in, like, forever. So. Right, yeah, I think the only home wins this year were Cal Poly and Arizona State. Does that sound right? right? Yeah. Yeah, two of the – I think I, I missed three games. I, I went to three of the six home games. Those were two I missed, so I might be bad luck. I I think I realized the last the last win I've seen in person was that Portland State win a few years ago. That was only a win. That was that was a win on the scoreboard, but not. It wasn't a win in reality. Yeah, I remember that was like Isaiah Hodgins um, as a true freshman catching the game winner. Yeah. Yeah. Against. Portland State. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that is pretty remarkable. Let's not talk about that. Let's let's <laughs> let's move on from that. 
<laughs> moving on yeah moving uh, on. just uh to echo your thoughts i resounding success for the season as a whole i was shocked that they were able to get to five wins in jonathan smith's second season if before the season i was going to be surprised if they had more than two and i would have been shocked if they had gotten to four wins and so five really exceeded my expectations and i think exceeded any reasonable expectations out there and um oh, there yeah. was the, the news today that looks like Jonathan Smith will get a raise and contract extension um and then they're going to allocate more money to his coaching staff to try to keep everybody so that's great news all the way around what was your thoughts on that yeah I mean it, it, that's not really surprising to me it's good though I mean they they're they gonna have to invest I think the bigger thing is the, the money for the assistant coaches because that's where you start worrying about other teams kind of coming in and taking them off. Um, and so hopefully this kind of helps save that off. I, I don't – I'm not too worried about Jonathan Smith leaving anytime soon necessarily. I mean, obviously I don't know anything – well, I, I, we could just leave it there. I don't know anything. But um, <laughs> I don't know, you know, what his – goals are as far as coaching and whatnot if he has he has hopes to end up at some big time program or something but i i gotta feel he he you know leading your uh alma maters you know it's a pretty cool thing and I, i would i would think it would have to be a pretty big step up for for him to leave and i don't see that coming necessarily anytime soon yeah so but keeping the assistant coaches around, it will that'll be great. Just helps with the consistency and whatnot. Yeah, agreed. And I don't want to paint everything or see everything through my orange-colored glasses too much. Um, but yeah, I'm very optimistic about the future. And I think um, Washington fans are probably a little sad. Jonathan Smith. Uh, is Oregon State's head coach right about now with Chris Peterson walking away. Um, yeah, I think without Jonathan Smith, Chris Peterson got so burned out on football that he had to quit. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly Exactly what what happened. happened. (laughs) He was a ray of sunshine to that coaching staff. And one, two years later, Chris Peterson's gone. So it is what it is. Um, and I I don't want to reflect too much on this past season because I'm sure we're going to have all off season to write about it and reflect about it. Um, But it's never too early to look ahead to 2020. And um, unfortunately, but fortunate for Isaiah Hodgins, uh, he won't be with the Beavers next year, but he'll be playing professionally. Um, Were you surprised by that at all? His decision to play for the NFL draft? Not at all. I would have been. I would have been more surprised if he stayed. I, I thought it was a possibility it would stay, but I, I, I fully expected him to go, and I fully. I would. I think it's one hundred percent the right move. Um, he had a great season. I don't think he's going to do better next year. It's, it'd be hard to do better. Um, yeah. And then yeah. you're switching quarterbacks, and nothing against Jevia, but I, I don't know. Um. I mean, Hodgins and Luton seem to have some, like, absurd connection that I don't really fully understand. And I don't think 
he was going to repeat that with Jevia, even if he had a good year. I think he'd still probably probably not be up to this year's standards. So I, I think he's probably moving on at the right time. Um, but it does kind of suck for Oregon State in the fact that that's going to be a hard person to replace. A hard, I mean, he's yeah one I of agree. the best receivers in the in the entire nation. So not an easy guy to replace. Yeah, for sure. Definitely the most talented receiver that Oregon State's had in some time. And he's right up up there with Brandon Cooks, potentially even more talented. Um, maybe not. Definitely not faster, but he's got a bigger frame and seems to have probably better hands than Brandon Cooks. Um, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're obviously a little different receivers, but yeah, both both uh, next level guys, obviously. Right. Uh, yeah, and it's it's a little bit of a bummer for Beaver Nation, obviously, but I agree 100%. I wasn't surprised. Happy for him. He had a great year. 13 touchdowns, a bunch of catches, a bunch of yards. He's not, It's going to be hard to top that next year with a new quarterback and everything. Um, so what did – with Jake Luton and Isaiah Hodgins gone and Artavis Pierce, uh, I think three starting offensive linemen, um, what do you think about – the potential offense starting offense next season in 2020 are you concerned um I think it's going to take a step back I don't I I don't think it's going to be a huge step back but I think it's going to be hard to repeat the success they had this year I think I, I forget what the numbers are but this was like the second highest scoring um at least by average points a game Oregon State team I think ever so I mean I yeah. don't I don't know that that's that's going to be hard to repeat that, but I, I I think there's still a lot of pieces there, and I think in this coaching staff has shown that they can do they can do a lot with what they have. So I, I'm I'm still I still think the offense will be pretty good next year. They might not be as good as this year, but like like you said, replacing three offensive linemen. Though I think I would say I, I would. Assume that one of those will lose two guards and a tackle. So I, I'm going to think one of those guard positions is filled by either either one of the guys that, that kind of switched off at center this year in Eldridge and Ko Bunham. I'm sure I'm I can never pronounce his last name right. But one of those two guys I would assume I would assume would shift over to guard. Yeah, and then. And then, yeah, you still have a tackle and a, another guard to replace. So, we'll have to see. But I, I think I'm not terribly concerned there. It's, yeah, I uh, – work to be done, but. Yeah, I agree. I um, I liked what I saw from Jebbia, Trish and Jebbia in the Oregon game. It was tough conditions, cold game. Um throw out don't play much all season and then get the start against your biggest rival and uh so I, w- I wasn't expecting him to light it up by any means Oregon's a good defense uh, but he made some good throws he didn't turn it over I think he, he I expect him to be the starter next season and I think the offense will do fairly well I've got trust in Jonathan Smith and Brian Lindgren and the offensive staff 
the offensive line is the only thing that worries me a little bit, uh, replacing those three seniors. But it'll be nice to have Jamar Jefferson back. That's going to carry the offense. Yeah, I think that'll be – having a healthy Jamar Jefferson will be a huge, huge uh, – basically a huge addition for the offense. He wasn't that healthy most of this year. So that'll that'll definitely help out a lot. And like you said, I didn't – yeah, Jebbia looked he, – he looked – I wouldn't say great, but he definitely looked good enough for – for all the circumstances that I thought, okay, this guy, this guy could lead them to a handful, you know, I think he could lead them to a pretty good season next year. So he, he did, did what we, uh, did kind of what I hoped for. You know, obviously I'd hope for him to just come out and blow the doors off and rack up a bunch of points and all of a sudden, but reasonably he did pretty good. Yeah. Agreed. And, and um, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and, and I would say, like I said, he's very likely the starter next year, but there is some talk that the coaching staff is looking at transfer quarterbacks, and and you never know what's going to happen there. Um, like we talked about, I think it was Jack Sears. He visited a few weeks ago. I haven't seen anything on that as far as where that's going. I don't. I have no idea if he's even still considering Oregon State. I tried to do some research, and by that, I mean I typed Jack Sears into the Twitter search bar <laughs> to find out if he had been anywhere else, and it doesn't appear he went anywhere else, at least according to Twitter, and if it doesn't happen on Twitter, it doesn't happen in real life, so therefore, gotcha. Jack Sears is coming to Oregon State. Yeah, it seems like he took that visit to Oregon State and he hasn't done anything since. So yeah. I concur. But I, I don't know. Actually, I don't expect him to end up at Oregon State. Um, I, I don't either. <laughs> but who knows? That would be make things certainly interesting. Um, I don't know if he would be eligible next season or not. I, uh, I believe he's a grad transfer. Oh, okay. That would really I make believe. interesting. I could be wrong. Right. I've been wrong before. <laughs> that junior college quarterback they were looking at, his name was like Chance or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ch- Chance Nolan. Chance Nolan. I, I don't know if I want my starting quarterback's name to be Chance. Um, just because there's would, a lot of jokes. I would make so many puns. <laughs> Every time he throws a jump ball. It's got a Chance! <laughs> Uh, but he's interesting. He has a chance at. to be a good quarterback. Sorry, I <laughs> see this is. I was gonna not do the puns, and then you set it up, and I couldn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but I, yeah, that is amazing to, to think about. We're five and seven this season, and they had the second highest scoring offense in school history. Um, and I don't think they've had. It's not like this offensive unit was stacked with 11 NFL players. I think a lot of it has to do with Jonathan Smith and the coaching staff and uh, putting together a good scheme and um, executing it each week. Uh, But what about on the other side of the ball? How is it shaping up defensively? I, I am honestly, for the first time in a few years, actually kind of excited about the Oregon State defense next year. I Whoa. I think they'll be I think they'll be good, which is 
that's a weird word to say. That's a bold statement. I, I, I think, I think they got a chance to be good. I, I don't. I'm not going to go out on you know get too crazy and say great or anything like that. But you know, good. Yeah. And that's that's the. I think the offense might take a step back, but I think the defense takes two steps forward. So there we go. Hey, I'll I'll take I mean, that. I, I I was I was looking up just just out of curiosity because you know we're gonna football content sells, so we're gonna pump out as much football content as we still can. Um, and we're looking you know sort of looking ahead towards next year. And I was looking at some of the positions, you know, who's gonna be where. And I think there's depending on the health of a couple guys, there's like eight linebackers that I would be fine with being starting linebackers at Oregon State. Like that's that's some really good depth. Um, it, it's it's kind of crazy. So yeah. now obviously you, you need more than linebackers on your defense, and that's where things are going to be a little more questionable. But we're just going to run like eight linebackers out there and figure out the rest. <laughs> Sack the quarterback, cover the wide receivers. You got this. Um, I yeah. heard you mention when you were kind of doing the preparing the previews, eight linebackers. And I was like, that can't be right. And I looked and there's legitimately eight or even nine linebackers. Yeah. That I, could... I've, I've, I've forgotten about one actually. We had, uh, Doug, I don't know. Tamalu. I, for, I, I thought yeah. he was a senior this year for some reason. So someone on Twitter pointed that out and I went, Oh crap. So maybe there's nine. <laughs> right. That is um, incredible. And we saw this year, even going into the year, we're like, wow, there's a lot of linebackers that can play. And then there were so many linebacker injuries that it never really became an issue of yeah. guys not having enough playing time with Tago going down, Andres Hughes-Murray going down before the season even started, um, Addison Gums going down. Who, honestly, I in that first – in that game and a half that he played, I think he was Oregon State's best defensive player and – so obviously there's going to be a lot of questions with his health, um, but if he can come back at full strength, that's just there's going to be a, they're going to be a stout stout linebacking core there, and they they have some uh, junior college guys coming in on the Z line, so I think that'll be pretty good. They got that uh the guy the Auburn kid who a year ago was ranked as one of the best defensive ends coming out of high school, so. Which uh, which guy are you referring to? Uh, Charles Moore. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And then there's the uh, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> I forgot about him. And then Alex. Yeah, Lennon. I know. Um, yeah, I'm with you. So I'm looking at ESPN's like S and P rankings. I kind of like to look at those uh, from time to time. And last season. Everyone kind of expected it, but Oregon State's defense was dead, second to dead last. So 129th out of 130 FBS teams. Um, Pretty terrible. And we kind of said we don't think they're going to be great in 2019, but there's no place to go but up. And uh, I think they definitely progressed as the season went on. Do Do you know what they were ranked this year? And I think they ended up at 94 out of 130, which 
doesn't sound great, but that's considerable progress. One twenty nine. Yeah. So what? I'm gonna put you on the spot, but where do you think oh, they man. will end up at the end of twenty twenty out of one hundred and thirty teams? If they're if you're projecting a good defense. So. 130 teams. I, we'll go 60. They're going to be 60. So that's just <laughs> I like it. That might not be good. That's, that's, that's slightly above average. So it depends on your definition of good. But I'll still. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think they're going to be middle of the pack, 60, 65, 70, somewhere around there. And that would be about average. But um, I that would be huge for the Oregon State defense if they could go from one of the worst teams in all of football to middle of the pack in just three seasons, two seasons. Um, the the biggest question for the line, or defense has been the defensive line. It's been like that for a couple of years. Uh, but looking ahead, it might be the secondary that has me most concerned. Well, that's 100% to me too. I think that's where... And that's why you're seeing um, your side, what, yesterday or the day before they landed a, a JUCO safety. There's, I think, at least two JUCO corners that are committed, and there's one more at least that they're high on, and I think it's high on them. Um, so I, they're, they're definitely hitting those the junior college ranks pretty hard for the, for the defensive backs. So try to get guys that can come in and compete right away. Um, because, yeah, I think I think that is sort of the position. I think even this year, honestly, I think that was that was the weakest part of the defense. I think that was uh, more problematic than the defense line this year, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I, I especially, agree. Especially I, when, when Morris and Moore were both out, out uh, with injuries. Yeah. Agreed that you know, when they were both out, it was few true freshmen back there in the secondary. Um, yeah, and I, I still remember the first game of the season when they had uh, JoJo Forrest on Island Wallace from Oklahoma State, and I was, oh no, that was rough. Um, but the biggest surprise for the season has to be um, the defense's ability to get sacks and tackle for losses. And specifically, Hamilton Rashid Jr. being a one-man wrecking crew and getting in the back defensive backfield. Where? What are your thoughts on that? I was stunned, to be honest. I, one hundred percent. And I think so. I did a on, on the on the old Twitter dot com. Um, I put out a, a thing asking for questions, and I think that was one of the questions. Was basically. Oh man, let me find it. Okay, it was from um, from Jack Hayes. He basically said he said who was the biggest surprise on the season, and one there anyone in particular, or anyone that particularly disappointed you. I think biggest surprise, like I said, hands down has to be Hamilcar Rashid. Um, we knew he had potential. He'd seen it before, but to, what he, he ended up with what fourteen sacks, and that yeah. was. And and he didn't get any the past 
the last two games because he had a gigantic cast on his arm. So, yeah. you know, if he if he's if he's able to play fully healthy, you know, those games he might even he might end up near seventeen, eighteen. Um, but even at fourteen, that's insane. And I think he had like mid twenties as far as um, tackles for loss. Tackles for losses. It's just yeah. yeah I it was I did not see that coming. It was. Yeah, it was definitely the biggest surprise of the season. Um, yeah, agree 100% there. Huge surprise. And it was very welcome sight. Uh, the Beatles oh, needed every one of those tackles and sacks. And they, uh, yeah, especially yeah. that's been not even just the D-line, but, you know, linebackers as well. That's been the biggest, one of the biggest issues late the past few years is they, there's been absolutely no pressure on the, on the opposing quarterbacks getting in the backfield so I think that's that right there is why you saw a lot of improvement as far as the defense just as far as the defensive numbers there jumping from what 130 or whatever it was to 90 something well I think the vast majority of that can be the fact that they were able to get in the backfield um I think I think Oregon State left the Pac-12 in tackles for losses here that is insane. Which I, oh, I would not have predicted that at all in the beginning of the season. If you would have told me they were sixth or better, I would have been happy as hell. So I, I'm pretty sure they were first. It was them and Oregon were one and two, and I believe I believe Oregon State had them by like had Oregon by like one. So um, yeah, 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 that, I, yeah I, I'm with you, and I rumbling before or early in the season that Tim Tibisar was on the hot seat or stuff like that. I think they're and by rumbling you mean as I said by rumblings do you mean me ranting about it probably in one of our podcasts? <laughs> uh, probably. Or some uh, some Twitter trolls, who knows? But I think he kinda of quieted those as the season went on and um overall the the progress was huge and there was a bunch yeah. of injuries and they weathered them and really were competing each and every game the whole season outside of the Utah game, um, which was awesome. And uh, I just have to get one thing off my chest from the Civil War game. How yeah. bad of a quarterback is Justin Herbert? Oh, God. I, I mean, how is that guy going he, in the first round? I I don't see it. I I know, and I I know he's had. I I don't I don't watch a whole lot of Oregon games, so I know he's had a lot better performances than that. Um, but yeah, that game I didn't. I I don't know if it was just a off game for him or what. Um, but I I I. I think a lot of that's um, sort of they like to project things. You know, you can see he has the tools to be a top quarterback, but it doesn't. I don't know what it, I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know what what was uh, what was going on there, but yeah, the fact that they only put up. I mean, offensively, they only put up 17 points. Yeah, um, and against, it took them great field position to get that. 90-something. 
defense. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't see it. Um, but, <laughs> hey, you know, it was the worst performance of the season. <laughs> I do think he's good, but I, I think – I don't know that he's uh, – I see things having him as the number one pick, and I, I don't I don't see that. I mean, my thing is – call me crazy, but is he that much better than Jake Luton? Jake Luton's just as tall as, the, as him. I mean, he probably doesn't have the same arm strength. He definitely doesn't have the same mobility. But overall, I'm, I'm like, is – Herbert that much better than Jake Luton? I don't think I would be that much more confident with Herbert over Luton. Um, but and Luton's not going to go drafted, and Herbert's going to go in the first round. So you don't think I think Luton will get drafted? I think it'll be late. He'll be he'll be. I'm going to go. Luton gets picked in the seventh round. That would surprise me, but I I guess he could. He's he's tall, got an arm. It's what NFL guys like. Um, but anyways, not to get too sidetracked, back to Jack Hayes's question on Twitter. Was there anyone that particularly disappointed you this season? I don't. Honestly, I can't really think of um I I, I would kinda of say Jamar Jefferson, but it wasn't anything like he did. I mean, he got hurt. I, I don't. So I was disappointed that he wasn't able to play fully healthy. Um, yeah. But that's not like any. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I was disappointed in him or his performance. I was disappointed in his lack of health. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he tried honestly, to tough it out. I, he looked good when he was. Yeah, healthy. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I same. I can't. I can't really think about anyone. Can you? Yeah, I mean, the only people that didn't have better seasons than the year before were because of injuries. Um, The one person that I could single out, and it doesn't bring me any joy, but the one player that I was disappointed in was Jordan Chukare, the kicker, the senior kicker. Uh, And it is what it is. Yeah. it is. I thought he'd have a bounce yeah. back year. I thought he put everything behind him. Really, he struggled and he lost the yeah. uh, old cooking duties to Everett Hayes, the true freshman. So that's. I think that's be the only one that I could pick out as a disappointment. That's that's fair, I guess. Yeah. Um, you want to do another question? Yeah, let's hit me with it. Let's go with uh, uh, David Mays. He says. Thoughts on Smith being so risque in his fourth down play calling, which that um, uh, other another Twitter commenter, uh, Orange Orange Swagger, corrected uh, David. I, risque is a little different than risky, and I'm pretty sure David went risky. Um, <laughs> risque would be would be Jonathan Smith calling uh, going four out in fourth and fifteen while like wearing a bikini or something. Um, right which which i have thoughts on that and they're not good but um yeah i don't i don't agree with, with his risque uh yeah. play calling but, but, but if, risky... we're, if, we're, if we're assuming 
that we're going with risky. Um, <laughs> I hate it sometimes. I love it. I don't know. I have so many mixed emotions with it. I get upset in the moment, but I understand it. One thing I do really like is that he is kind of committed to it, that he's just going to go for it, and he's going he's gonna to play confident. And I, I appreciate that, even if I don't always agree with it in the moment. Um, Washington State game, I think they should have punted, but I get why they didn't. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to be... The, the um, only one that still kind of upsets me um, was the Hawaii game where they went with the fake punt, like, in a tie game. I That one still kind of goes, makes me go, okay, like, that one I didn't like at all. And I still don't. Um, but beyond that, even the ones that I didn't like, I, I understand. And I and I appreciate I appreciate his aggressiveness, even if it pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, we'll probably be on opposite ends of this uh, argument. And it might be just because I'm so much younger than you. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> what are you? Are you... <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Um, but I, for one, I'm all for it. People are going to be mad about ageism. <laughs> but you I... okay, boomer me. <laughs> Old man yells at a cloud. <laughs> Verbal meme. <laughs> um, some clouds are some clouds are stupid and need to be yelled at. <laughs> but I, I'm all for it, a hundred percent. I liked it in the Arizona State game, might have won the game for us. I liked it in the Washington State game, might have lost the game for us. Um, but and rewind here for a second. In the Washington State game, Beavers were down double digits, if I remember. Early in the second half, Washington State scored, and it kind of seemed bleak. Then the Beavers scored a touchdown. Then they went for an onside kick, recovered it, so that was risky. And yeah, and I love the hell out of that one. Right, because it worked out. I, no, I, but I called for that before on, on our Twitter account. I said, go for the onside kick, and then they did. So I, <laughs> yeah, and then I, admit, they, I admit, I'm very conflicted with this. <laughs> and then, so then we get that touchdown to take the lead, and then there's like another turnover, and that's how we got a double-digit lead. So really, the Beavers were kind of in a lucky spot to begin with to have that fourth quarter double-digit lead. Um, and I I don't want there to be any revisionist history that it was the defense just dominating the whole game and we should have trusted the defense and punted it away because I didn't have a lot of faith in the defense and I was all for uh, not punting it. And uh, we, we actually so, got into a, a dis- disagreement before, like when they are on on a on in our Slack channel, like right before that play, I was yelling punt. You're saying don't punt, and then they didn't punt. It didn't yeah, so I'm I'm good with it. The analytics guys will always say go for it, and and coaches need to be more risky in their play calling. And uh, no, when you're playing Madden, are you not going to go for it, or are you going to punt it away? You never punt. So why not why not play real football like that? All right. <laughs> I'm still salty about the ageism. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sorry. 
I'm not that sorry. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> um, um, what else? You got any more Twitter questions? Um, what if the people want Travis to ramble around random things? <laughs> um, so, so okay. Thirty you seconds. You went to the DMV today, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you posted on Twitter, and you got you got a very nice number. Um, I went to the DMV a couple months ago, and I didn't get that number. But when they called that number out, I I I couldn't help myself, and I just <laughs> not I didn't yell it, but I loudly and uh, not loudly, um, definitely not an inside voice. Dropped it, nice, and everyone looked at me like I was a freaking a hole, and I got salty, and I think. I think people at DMV need to have a little more sense of humor. It sucks to be at the DMV. We're all there. Just, you know, so there's my random thing, Matt. DMV, everyone needs to have a little more joy there. Hey, um, yeah, I'm with you. That's pretty funny. Twitter does not translate to to real life, unfortunately. Yeah. I I realize that a lot. I I'm much better at Twitter than real life. Um, Matt, that was from that was from Matt Wallen, whose whose handle is Big Matt Energy, and I, I like that. Um, That's a great. He also handle. had another question. He also had another question. He said, "Who's going to be the Beavs key player next year?" I think you got to go, Trish and Jebbia. Oh. Uh, see, see, that's that's where I first thought, but I'm going to go Jamar Jefferson because mm-hmm. I think the offense or the Offense is going to need a strong running game more next year than they did this year. Um, and especially with the loss of Arcavis Pierce, I think there's going to be a lot on Jamar's shoulders. But yeah, Chevy is definitely a, a fair answer as well. Yeah. And Trevin Bradford, he's going to return as a sixth, fifth year senior uh, after redshirting this season. And that'll be, it'll be a lot on his shoulders to have a good year with Hodgins gone and a lot of young guys behind him. Uh, so he's For sure. A- and and um, Jevia seemed to be, uh, seemed to be a, a, a big fan of his. I, he seemed to get a lot of targets during that Civil War. So yeah, I, I could see him having a big year. But Matt, I think, I think the key player will be uh, Jamar Jefferson, just because breaking in a new quarterback, I think you're going to need a real strong running game. Yeah, that's a smart choice. Um, and have you looked? Or at... you could get you could go you could go way analytical and like uh, or way in depth and say something like Brandon Kipper because he's going to probably be the left tackle. You know, they're going to need the line. But Ooh, no yeah. one. It, it's I, I'm not, it's it's hard to tell exactly. Uh, I think it's easier to say when the running back's doing good versus a single offense lineman. Yeah. But, so. <laughs> I'm with you. Do you think, last quick question from my own brain, do you think Hamilcar Rashid, or however you say his name, you think he's going to the NFL after a 14 sack, 20 plus tackle for last season? Or you think he's going to be back for a senior year? I, I think he's coming back. I don't really have a good reason why I think that. I just think that. Yeah, I hope he does. I hope he comes back, and I hope Addison Gomes is healthy. Because those two, um, that would be amazing. 
I'm just thinking about those two tackling the quarterback from each side and destroying opposing backs. Yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> um, another quick side note is now that I live in Oregon, I'm thinking of season tickets for 2020, and there's seven home games, including the Civil War, and it's for the same price as the 2019 season tickets. There you go. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, okay. Have you looked I, forward to the schedule? Any thoughts? Oh, it does. Thank you for reminding me. That's one of the things I, I, I meant to uh, bring up here. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I did look at the 2020 schedule because I was trying to figure out how many wins I think we're going to get next year. Um, so I'm just going to do a quick run through this. The dates of the conference games have not been announced. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, things like when bye weeks will happen or who is your planning after who can come into effect. But, uh, let's go non-conference start at Oklahoma State. Um, I think I think that's probably a loss. Yeah. Um, but then we host Colorado State and Portland State. I think those both are wins. Should be, yep. And then the conference schedule is basically the same this, as this year, except flipping home and away. So we play at Arizona State. Um, play at play Stanford. At- at Utah, yeah. at Washington, and then the rest are home. Yeah, five. Yeah, so we're home against Arizona, Cal, Oregon, UCLA, and Washington State. Um, I think this is a seven-win team. Two games, the two non-conference games, Colorado State and Portland State, I think those are wins. Um, yeah, Colorado State was bad this year. Um, and they um, and, and they just they just parted away with their, their head coach, so they'll be breaking in a new guy next year. And they're playing in Corvallis. Yeah, that should be a win. Two and one non-conference should be the floor, in my opinion. Yeah, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State is going to be hard because they got – they're still going to have – I think they still have Chubba Chubba Hubbard, right? I hope he goes pro. Okay, Um, see? I thought he was younger than that. Okay. So maybe he's gone, but um, their quarterback was a freshman. I still, anyway, that's that's a tough game to start off on the road. So I, yeah, they're good every let's year. Let's just say two, two. Let's go two and one non-conference, and I think we're happy with that. Um, I'm just going to go down these in alphabetical order because that's the way this website has them. Even though this is yeah. obviously the order that they will be played in, um, at Arizona State. I think that's probably a loss. Yeah. Um, it was a close game this year. It was in uh, at home. Um, they have a freshman quarterback. He'll be back next year. I That one right now, I'd say it's a loss. It, I definitely think it could be a win. But if I had to call it right now, I'd say that one's probably a loss. Um, at home versus Arizona, I think that's a win. Yeah. At home versus Cal. Is it, what year is Evan Weaver? I, I hope he's gone. <laughs> I think he's a senior. Uh, he's tackles way too many people. Yeah. Uh, 
Let's see here. I, I do think that Cal game is a yeah, he's a senior. I think it's a toss up. Okay. Cal is I, getting better. It could it could go either way, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm gonna let's go with I'll say it's a win. I'm gonna predict that right now. That's a win. Even though, like you said, that's a toss up. Um mm-hmm. let's, let's skip this one. I'll save that one for the end. Um yeah. at home versus UCLA, I think that's a win. That UCLA is I don't they are, garbage. They're just not good. They are not good, and they are not getting better. And I'm surprised that Chip Kelly hasn't performed better there, to be honest. I didn't think he was going to return to his glory days of Oregon, but holy crap, they are so bad. Um, yeah. At home first. Oh, so I, I think that one's a win. I didn't know what you said on that. Yeah, I agree with you. UCLA, Chip Kelly, easy win. Yeah. <laughs> um, Easy. All right. Um, at home versus Washington State, I think that's a win. I do. I I don't know what they got now. Now there's a bit of a wild card there as far as who who they get quarterback. If they get it's a big time transfer, that could throw it um, their way some. But I think this year you kind of see them coming back. It, you know, this, this year you started saw, sort of saw them coming back to the middle of the middle of the pack, and I think that's probably where they are next year. Um, and it's at home in Racer. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that nod to the beast. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's now or never to beat Washington State. Um, Especially, I don't. I was going to say, especially if Mike Leach is gone. I think he's – seems like every offseason he's looking for a, a, a better job. And I think I, – I don't know that it's coming, but if it does come this year, um, I think when he leaves that program, it's going to fall It's going to fall down for a little bit just because um, yeah. they're, so, they're so dependent on his offensive scheme that if he's gone, I don't I, – I, think it'll take them a couple of years to kind of rebuild the program and the new coaches. Um, yeah. And I, I do so. think his shine in Pullman is kind of uh, fading away a little bit. I mean, I could I, be totally off basis, but he's seems no, like he's I, fighting with the media. He's not overachieving every year anymore. Um, I don't know. I think he's a 100%. great football coach, but it seems like it's trending down. He he kind of reminds me of um, he's kind of there, Mike Riley, I think, where he had a lot of success, but maybe not, you know, didn't reach the top of the mountain or anything like that. Struggled a lot in the rivalry games. At least Riley did in his last, you know, handful of years. Um, but and, and I also think if they they got to sort of be realistic as far as what you how well you can do at Washington State, um, I think there are limitations. So I think they'd be kind of dumb to get rid of Leach. But I don't I I, I don't know. I, but you are right. I think a lot of the shine is wearing off. Um, and part of that is him. He is he's kind of an a hole. Um, He's he's entertaining, 
<laughs> yeah. But he's an a-hole. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. So, I think that one's a win. It, um, they'll go to Stanford. I got to imagine Stanford bounces back. Yeah, they were bad this year. But, they were uh, bad this year. Um, um, but they seem to recruit I think, I think, pretty well, and I think they'll bounce back. Yeah, I think Shaw's too good of a coach to have that um, have that kind of season back to back. So I think that one's probably a loss. Yeah. Because it's at, at Stanford. Yeah. Um, it could be a Utah, top five. I, but yeah. At Utah, I I I don't know enough about Utah as far as what they have coming back, but they're a strong team every year. So I I think that one. I got that one as a loss. Yeah, I hate Utah. So, and they're really good, and I hate that. So, I agree. It's a loss, unfortunately. <laughs> I just had to get that out there. Yeah. And then at Washington, I, I'll be curious to see how, how uh, Jimmy Lake does taking over for Chris Peterson, but I, I still think they're going to be a very strong program. Um, so I think that one's probably a loss as well. Yeah. And then, of course, the... And then, yeah, we, I kind of I I I I skipped the alphabetical order here just to bring this one to the last. Um, sorry, what did you say on Washington? I just... Yeah, I, I think it's a loss as well. They just have too many talented athletes there, and it yeah. sounds like the guy taking over is a stud recruiter. Um, yeah, I yeah. think they're still going to continue to be good. And then we end the season at home with the Civil War. And right now, I'm going on record. I think we're going to win that one. Ooh, calling it early. Yeah. Calling it right now. So what is that? what is that your running tally put you at? Losses against Oklahoma oh, State, Arizona so. State, uh, Stanford, um, Utah, Washington. Five losses. So that'd be seven wins. All right. Yeah. Look at that. Hey. Um, That's... Yeah, that'd be great. It really, anything, would, anything, six wins or more, I'd be ecstatic with. I would, I just want to go to a bowl game again. I forget what that's like. Yeah. Yeah, it's been what, two thousand thirteen? I think that was the last year, yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I I am a little nervous that because I felt like Oregon State overachieved this season, um now now the floor is six wins and if for some reason they slip up and they aren't bowl eligible again, um fans could just really come at Jonathan Smith and the coaching staff. And I don't think I want that because I think they're doing a good job. Um, but that's yeah, a lot I, of what kinda, for the future. I kind of agree with that. I did. It does sort of, we might be pushing the expectations too far too quick because this year was so exceeded expectations so much. But uh, I say push them. Push the expectations, but also I think there does still need to be that realistic view of things. And if next year they win five games, I don't think it's a spectacular failure. It's a disappointment, but it's not 
end of the world kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And did you have any other lingering thoughts on the season or any bones to pick? I think that's it. I think that's all I got today. Cool. Did you have any thoughts on basketball that you wanted to get out there to the universe? Uh, I I kind of don't like uh, preseason or not preseason non-conference college basketball because it, Oregon State's not playing anybody. I don't think do they have they have one more game. At what I think they play. Do they play Texas a and I think so, but I think Texas play? A&M is not great this year. Yeah, and beyond that, it's not so. I really don't pay that much attention until probably the conference season. So I don't, I don't have a whole lot uh, to throw into this one. Um, the girls are damn good. That, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. They are, they're ranked fifth right now, and I think they could have been higher. They're, it's the Pac-12 women's basketball is going to be freaking bonkers. Um, right now they have three top five teams with Stanford, Oregon, and, and the Bees. So I, and then I think. There's two more that are just sort of sitting right on the outside of like top ten, so it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a real fun women's basketball season, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm pumped. I think, uh, I mean, football season just ended, and I don't think people are ready to jump headfirst into basketball season yet. But both women's and the men's team are going to be pretty good this year. Women's especially, as they are championship contenders legitimately. Um, but the men, they're 7-1, and one, one of their best starts in however many years, if not decades. Um, so it should be fun. And do you, do you think, uh, do you think they end up getting ranked here, the men? And I don't think they will until they get into conference play and if they keep it up and they beat somebody like Arizona or Washington that – national people actually recognize um yeah because i mean maybe if the beavers beat oklahoma if they had and then they stay undefeated for 10 plus wins but yeah like you said they haven't played a real tough schedule and it's hard to get noticed in the bigger landscape of college basketball if you aren't playing big teams and on like national television but hey was the last time that men were ranked that's a very good question. Uh, that, that's a rabbit hole that I'm not prepared to go down right now. Let's start trying to find that one. <laughs> but now, there's some good basketball being played in Corvallis. Trace Kinkle and his senior season that I'm a little bit surprised he returned for, um, they're going to be good. And then women's, they're going to be really good with Pivik, senior guard, along with all these other amazing players. Um just have to do a shout out to Taylor Jones and Kennedy Brown, the true freshman centers forwards for Oregon State basketball. Um, they have both been way better than I thought they would be, which is they're, a welcome. They're pretty, they're pretty good. They are, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited. It'll be a, a good thing to keep an eye out on this long and dreary winter. Dreary, all right. And you're, <laughs> I get called old, and you're dropping words like dreary on us. Ah, what's up? 
<laughs> I always forget. How old are you, Travis? Like 32 or something? Uh, 33. I have to 30. think about that. I'll be 30. I'll be 34 here in a little over a month. Yeah, I always forget my age too. Oh. So you're fine. How old are you? <laughs> I just turned 28. You're not that far behind me. <laughs> I still, still in my 20s. Yeah. Enjoy them. Enjoy them while they last. Pretty soon you're going to wake up with random back pain. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you, Travis, for talking about this football season. And uh, we'll we'll pick this up more. I'm sure we'll do off-season pods and talk about basketball, baseball, basketball and... recruiting, football, who knows. Yeah, we'll see. No. DMV some more. I don't know. 